Ladies and gentlemen, it is Thursday, December the 2nd, 2021. It's another Technical Alpha podcast. I'm glad you could join us today. I hope you're all well and healthy and well on your way to being done whatever Christmas shopping you've got to do. Because if you're like me, December 1st hit yesterday and you said, oh my God, it's December 1st. I haven't done a lick of Christmas shopping up to this point. So don't be me. Be smarter than that. Got another great show lined up for you today. If this is your first time here, appreciate you stopping by. Hopefully you enjoy yourselves. Talk about video game stuff, movies, TV, and then give our random opinions about all sorts of crap that you may or may not care about. Let's find out if you do. But before we, uh, before we start, of course, got to ask the most important question of the week. Mr. Black, how was your week? Uh, it's been another week. Uh, I've been dealing with some stomach issues for the better half of two weeks. Um, two weeks? Yeah, maybe longer. Uh, my shit's all fucked up. Um, so yeah, been dealing with that. Uh, hopefully we'll have, uh, I got some, so I went to the doctors there a couple days ago and they gave me some meds. He thinks it's like, could be bad, like acid reflux and cause I've always kind of struggled with it, but like it's, this is the worst it's ever been by a, a long mile. Uh, so yeah, it gave me some meds, started those a couple days ago. Hopefully things will clear up. Going to go get some blood work done in a couple weeks, just in case, you know, it's something else. Uh, it's not like severe pain or anything like that, but it's just bubbling and fucking just, it's there. It's not happy. It's not fucking happy, bro. It's not fucking <laughs> happy at all. Um, so yeah, I've been dealing with that. I've been making me pretty uncomfortable. Uh, have no appetite pretty much ever for like the last two weeks, like, the feeling of hunger, I, I actually forget what it feels like to be hungry, uh, but I'm still eating. So like, you know, yeah, I don't yeah. throw up or anything. Like once I start eating, I'm like, okay, I should probably eat. I'm like, oh, okay, my body needs this. But like, uh, I feel bloated and shit. It's just, it's brutal. So anyway, uh, enough of that. But that's been on my mind and a struggle for the last while. So I've been really just dealing with that. Streaming, chilling. Uh, hot tub comes next week. Mm. So that's happening. I had to dig a trench outside, run some wire. I just got to take down part of a uh, part of my deck so I can get the hot tub up there. And uh, yeah, so I'll be I'll be enjoying that uh, next week. Mm. And what else is going on in my life? That's pretty much it. No crazy big purchases or anything like that. It's it's we're getting ready for <laughs> for winter. Um, so I had to get the cars in to like, you know, get the winter tires on, oil changes mm. and all that shit. So um that is been it. Yeah, that's that's the show. Amazing. Amazing. Uh my week was just, you know, it's also been just another week. We uh just played a bunch of a uh, bunch more Halo. That's been the consistent thing for me. Uh as I continue to play Halo, there's not much else. Um, on my docket to play until the campaign pops in another six, yeah, six days. Uh, no games are popping up between now and then that I had on dock. The only really major release is the, uh, Final Fantasy fourteen expansion, but I'm not into Final Fantasy fourteen, so I'm just on, uh, on the waiting list for, uh, the campaign for Halo Infinite. And so in the meanwhile, I continue to play some, uh, some multiplayer, 
and uh, finished my Forza Horizon 5 review. That got put up here uh, the other day as well. And uh, so that's out of the way. Big surprise. I scored it well. It's a good video game. It's a pro tip. Um, other than that, I've been watching some of the HCS in my downtime, the Halo Championship uh, Series. Uh, that's been, uh, that's been quite fun to, uh, to watch. Um, and, uh, you know, while it's obviously not perfect in terms of its viewing experience, it's pretty good. I mean, man, like, if the Halo Infinite is like, if it was an, an astrological sign, I guess it would be like Libra insofar as it's like the great scales of everything, but like not necessarily the scales of judgment, but just the fucking great, the great scales of everything there for every good part to Halo Infinite, there is an equal and opposite fucking why. Uh, and thankfully the good parts are almost exclusively gameplay specific with the exception of custom games, which are universally and hideously broken. So just don't even bother trying to fuck with that right now. But as far as like the core core goes, like they've got that. And I guess arguably you could say that's the most difficult part for a game to nail. So I guess if they were going to nail something, that's the one that you want them to actually do well in. But pretty much everything else is a clusterfuck. So hopefully, hopefully now that they're back off of their break for whatever, like one week before Christmas break, uh, that they're able to start to string together some, some uh, fixes and whatnot. And you know what I thought about? What I thought about most this week, playing Halo, is that while as, as caught up as I am in how good the game plays on average and, and how fun it's been to watch the, the eSports scene and stuff uh, doing really well, I can't get it out of my mind, the narrative that's been going around online about people talking about how it's the way it is because it's free to play or, you know, they had, you know it's really hard to make games these days, etc., etc., so that's why it's being staggered, you know, in this... Multiplayer first, and then campaign, but only solo. You can't co-op yet until, like, six months from now. And then, like, three months after that, another nine months down the road, you're going to get Forge. So you're going to have almost a full year before any, like, player content is created. And, like, all this, like, this staggered release shit. And all I could get, couldn't get out of my mind was... I still remember what it was like to play Halo 3. And when you spent your $60 on Halo 3, and you put it in your Xbox 360... On day one, it had fucking everything, including the original, and probably therefore more challenging to get right on day one, Forge Mode. They didn't have a blueprint to Forge Mode at that point. That was their first uh, swing at the fucking uh, ball. Everything was there. And out of Halo 3's day one content was just like, everything was incredible. There was very little wrong with Halo 3, and you just got it all on day one. And then, even when Bungie was on, like, a shoestring and a dream for Halo Reach, before, you know, they eventually, uh, left Microsoft and went on to do, um, uh, Destiny. Same thing, but with even more customization options, and even better progression systems. You might not have liked the gameplay of Reach, because you might have thought it didn't play like classic Halo, but, like, on day one, and then... Here we are, Halo Infinite, six years, and like $500 million later, and we've got like six maps, and you, you can't even pick just Slayer. You're, you're, you have to play the mixed, the mixed bag and ranked, and you can't play a four squad of keyboard mouse only. You either play solo duo, 
or you play crossplay and you've got this very limited set and they're saying that Forge is nine months away. And I'm just thinking, fuck me. Like, this game was supposed to come out last year. <laughs> it wasn't like, ready, man. It was a mess. It's still, bro, I gotta be honest, it's still not ready. The core is ready. And that's what everyone is so latched onto. But I think, and I, we said this before, the craziest part about all this is that modern gaming is so shit on average that everyone has gotten remarkably excited about the fact that just the gameplay worked. Yeah. Full stop. People got excited about it working. That's where we're at right now in 2021 for gaming. People's expectations are so fucking low <laughs> that their their response to Halo coming out with like five maps, two modes and a dream and it just so happens that the gameplay worked and everyone's like, "Ah, Holy shit, this is incredible! Because you see, Battlefield 2042 is like, literally looks like they just laid down on a grenade. And fucking Vanguard looks like they laid down on a nuclear bomb. And then so you get Halo with like, that's just coming in and they get a gold star for like, effort. <laughs> it's just so, so bizarre to me. So anyway, that was my, I only want to talk, I talk about it so much just because that's all I played this week, but all the same. Uh, I will say I did enjoy and continue to enjoy watching the Halo uh, Championship Series because uh, you're getting a lot of guys that played Halo for like 10 years come back and play this. So you're not watching people figure the game out all that much. You're watching people pretty much immediately fucking own everyone yep. uh, and some really good players. And so that's been fun to watch. But other than that, that's been it. Did my review, played some Halo, and now here we are and it's time to talk about some video game news. You ready, Mr. Black? I'm ready. Not a lot this week, actually. It looks like a lot on our list because I wrote in full sentences, but in reality, there's not a lot that actually happened uh, this week. Uh, zero that I could see, really, in the uh, Activision Blizzard. So sorry, no Bobby Kodak news this week. You're going to have to go and get your fix somewhere else. Uh, but uh, first up here, we got Justice folks started discovering. Like, just as soon almost as, as folks discovered that the GTA Remaster Trilogy was so bad that they had actually left behind code from the mobile ports in this bitch. Which people then thought, what did they do? Take every version of these games and just stick them into a blender and press blend and then fucking launch that bitch with some AI, like, graphical upscaling because <laughs> that's what it looks like. But thankfully... At the same time that people are just figuring that out and everyone's being doom and gloom about it, including myself, Rockstar uh, started pushing out updates that have at least been positively received thus far. So they've been, it looks like Rockstar, and I'm going to give Rockstar the benefit of the doubt here that they will fix it because I think Rockstar actually cares about their public image, unlike some companies that will yeah, just let that reputation. shit die. Yeah, they yeah. have a reputation. And they want to keep that reputation. They don't want to see that go away. So, uh, but I did have a giggle. If you go and look at some of the first patch notes for this, uh, like 10 or 12 of the bullet points were related just to rain because of how fucking terrible the rain made the game unplayable. You couldn't see shit. It looked awful. It was just brutal. And so like the first 12 bullet points in this friggin' we fixed some shit was rain, 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 rain just made me laugh i thought it was quite funny but to their credit they're actually getting some work done um what i don't know and what i'd almost be interested to know is are the people doing all the patching the people that made the game in the first place or did or did uh rockstar go all right give me this shit give me this shit i'm gonna put 15 20 people on it 
and just let them do it. Fuck you guys. You dropped- you didn't just drop the ball, you dropped it and kicked it into the other- into our own net. Yeah, but so I mean, Rockstar still approved this shit, right? So you can't just pass the buck completely. Like, oh, they no, allowed this I'm, game to get released, right? 100% so if I was they agree with like, it. you motherfuckers are fixing this shit or you ain't getting paid. <laughs> you know? And you better do it right, so... That's true. That yeah. is very true. So yeah, there you go. We got the first round of fixes. That's pretty quick, and hopefully those fixes continue to be that quick and, uh, and roll out to fix that stuff. Uh, Ludwig add, uh, adds his name to the major Twitch streamers making the switch to uh, Team Red this week, Mr. Black. I'm sure you saw that on your socials pop up a few times. Also adding his name to uh, needlessly uh, cheesy and kind of uh, overly sarcastic uh, video promos of him leaving Twitch to go to YouTube. It's like everyone's trying to one-up each other with how stupid of a fucking promo they can put together uh, for this. Uh, but, uh, all the same, he did that, switched over, and then put out immediately, of course, his Why Did I Do This Thing video, uh, and, uh, honestly, I mean, everything, aside from what he said in the video, I don't know if you saw the video they, they posted, uh, I so, I, I mean, I just have the very, uh, I, just, I have the core of what he said about it, because he really dragged that, that bitch on. I mean, everybody but, knows, right? Like, yeah, it's, I don't even Ludwig, know. Ludwig, uh, like, Ludwig's content was made for YouTube more than it was ever made for Twitch to begin with, so I'm not shocked, even from, like, a content creator's perspective, that that would be the one of the reasons that he might consider moving, because he wasn't really a gamer. Like, Ludwig wasn't yeah. on Twitch doing gaming content, really. So that's not surprising. But he did cite the usual, uh, some of the usual stuff. So it was a combination for him. What it really boiled down to was, and there was a couple of other smaller notes, but these are, the, are obviously the flagship ones, outside of the money. Because Twitch and YouTube were very clearly... Offering Ludwig large sums of money. This is not about the money at this point. Millions. There's other there are other factors involved and the factors being the same ones We talked about before like coincidentally. Hey, you don't have to stream as many hours Which I'm sure he said wow that sounds pretty dope But not just because he didn't have to stream as many hours and work less But because Ludwig like I was just mentioning does seem to do or will like to do a lot of like more VOD specific type content That less streaming hour requirement would allow him to also do more bespoke VOD YouTube type uh, content on the side and he spoke about how he's excited to actually be able to do that and one of the first things he said he was going to try and work on is spinning some of the vast sums of money in which he, he made from this from this bag into making the biggest Smash Ultimate Smash Melee tournament ever and put about and he wants to put about a million dollars into this bitch so, uh, things like that, that he, that he said he would like to have done before, but in order to pay for it, because he didn't have the bag, he was, he was saying that, oh, he was actually considering doing another one of his subathons, which he most famously did, I think it was last year, um, where he had, where he became for a time, I think, the most subscribed person on the website, it was like this big thing, he did a marathon that was like absolutely fucking insane, uh, and to accomplish that, and he was like thinking about how he could do that again, and then this opportunity came up, and obviously, fuck a marathon if you can just take the bag. Yes. So he did. <laughs> so he did. Uh, and then the other thing that he mentioned, and he kind of like, he kind of went over what it was like, um, talking to the agents that were representing Twitch and the agents that were representing YouTube, in terms of how they conducted themselves during this back and forth on both sides. And he said what kind of threw him for a loop was that despite the fact that he's uh, been so successful and made and may obviously made Twitch a fair chunk of money. And if you're going to look at individual streamers, he's on the short list of made Twitch some dollars um, that it was surprising to him. Two things he mentioned one when that happened originally. So outside of this agreement, 
um, going down. Twitch never, like, sent him, like, a, hey, congratulations, or good, that's fucking incredible, or, you know, thank you for, uh, you know, doing whatever, because he literally just blew up on Twitch for, like, this huge chunk of time and made everyone just fucking buckets of money. And uh, got nothing like that. And then when the negotiations came up, and they were going the back and forth, he said that literally it just got, it, it wasn't even, Twitch didn't even really fight particularly hard to keep him, they just said, good luck. And that was the show. So uh, he said that was part of it. YouTube was like, and he understands, obviously, like anyone in Ludwig's position, you have to be a relatively decently sharp mind in terms of content creator to know that YouTube and Twitch both have a vested interest in you from a monetary perspective. They don't necessarily care about you as an individual. But with that being said, it's that doesn't change the fact that when you're in negotiations, you should still be hearing positive stuff related to what you've done or what you could be doing from those two sides to sway you if twitch is just going to show up and say here's our money take it or leave it and you and and youtube says here's the money here's less hours we'd like you to do this other stuff because we think your content is fantastic i mean obviously the play to your ego is going to sway you even if you know that they're playing to your ego to go to the other side and so, you know, it, uh, he, he mentioned that uh, as well, though I well, suspect I think, that's... Uh, I think I think Twitch is... It's a lose-lose for Twitch, right? So, like, you know, they if they look desperate, mm. they're going to get, you know, they're going to get reamed for more money. And then also, this isn't a good thing for Twitch. I mean, he was already on the platform. They weren't, to our knowledge, paying him a salary. So he was just doing it to do it, like, 99.9% of streamers on Twitch... And so suddenly they're going to have to fork up millions of dollars and they know uh, like YouTube and Facebook, they're going to hold guys like this at a higher value than what Twitch will, because guys like this moving over helps build and cement an entire platform. Twitch is already has all of that. So I wouldn't suspect Twitch to be overly excited to say, hey, we love you so much and we, we're, you know, we're going to do anything and everything to keep you there. It's like, listen, man, if they loved him that much and they were that interested ab- about all this, they, they, they should have went to him beforehand, right? They should have just said, hey, that massive thing that you just did, we, we, wanna rep- we want you to represent our brand. You know, here's the deal. Um, doesn't seem like they're, they're willing to play ball. I mean, from what I'm seeing, it doesn't seem like they're willing to to really play ball that much. And not only that, they probably know deep down that he's going like he's leaving. Like there's a, I, I don't see how Twitch ever beats YouTube or Facebook to keep a talent that wants to go. Cause it's clear he wants to go right. Like you, if you don't want to go from Twitch, you're not even do you're not doing this. Like you're just, you, you know, you if they, could, well, if they match the dollars and the hours required, I'm interested as to how many people still make the switch. Cause those seem to be the two, yeah, obviously but, biggest yeah. deciding factors. Yeah. But I mean, they're not going to do that because you know, if they do that, then they're getting, they're getting fucked, right? Because they're putting, they're putting the value of the talent at the same value that YouTube and say Facebook would put the talent. But it, the talent isn't that needed on Twitch, right? When he's off Twitch, it literally is doing nothing to Twitch. They don't give, like, I, like yeah, they're, they'll lose some money for sure. The biggest thing is the, the competition is getting bigger. 
then the competition is getting is is growing. And as these creators keep going, their friends and other content creators that they hang out with and go in their like you know their fancy Vegas trips and their fancy California you know Beverly Hills fucking shit, and they're all sitting there you know drinking their own you know fucking vodka and they're talking about the thirty million dollar deal that they made. It's going to start seeping into other talent. And if Twitch starts bending over, I'm just looking at it from the outside. If they start bending over and saying, just tell me what you want. Oh, you only want to stream 40 hours a week? Okay. Oh, you only want to stream 30 hours a week? Okay. Yeah, here's here's $30 million as well. Just don't leave us. Don't go over there. Stay here. We love you here. We're just going to give you everything. Even though we weren't paying you before. Suddenly, every fucking person that he knows... He's going to go to all of them and be like, listen, man, Twitch is bending over for all of us. Go there, tell them you want to go to another platform, and they're going to write you a check. The moment they start doing that shit, man, it's over for them. Like, they're going to they're gonna lose a shit ton of people. They're going to lose a fuck ton. So they kind of have to remain like, dude, you're leaving the fucking home team. And they have to pray that a YouTube or Facebook run out of money or they fuck up. And people just come back home because if they pay, if they pay these guys to stay, what happens in two years after the contract's done? They got to pay it again. They got to pay another 20, 30 million. So why? It's just like, listen, you're, you, you know what you're worth. Great. You want to go over Facebook. You want to go over YouTube. They're offering you to say 30 million bucks. You're coming to us. Listen, this is what we're willing to do. You're already the king shit here. You are literally the number one subbed individual. You're already making millions of dollars. And we're going to continue to push you and help you and brand deals and this and that and blah, blah, blah. And you're going to have to just find the uh, the value in, in being on the, the winning team. But if you want to go over there, we're not going to, you know, we have to say have fun and buy. Because they have to bank on the fact that it doesn't work out. If it doesn't work out over there, then then it doesn't matter who left Twitch. When they come back, they're coming back on their own. Twitch doesn't have a $30 million check for them. You know, it's like, hey, you didn't want to, you didn't want to deal. You didn't want to take my, you know, they, they offer you 30 million. We offered you 15. You didn't want to take the 15 million. Well, when you come back, we don't have 15 for you. We have nothing for you. You're going to be like every other partner. You're going to be successful, but you're going to be like every other partner. So I actually think that it's a good play by Twitch and they can afford to do those things. They have to just pray to fuck that YouTube and Facebook do not fucking blow up like crazy. There are tons of people that are moving and it's just like every month there is a new streamer leaving and you do that for three, four years and it's going to be, it's going to start to be a problem for Twitch then. And only then will they start writing those big checks. And then only then will they say, you only have to stream 30 hours a week, 40 hours a week. Because right now, they're, in my opinion, I don't think they're in a position to have to. So, I yeah, I agree. I agree with with pretty much everything there. I guess the only thing that I would think of from Twitch's perspective, other than, um, you know, I have to imagine from a, a business uh, st- strategy perspective that the only option can't possibly just be let's pray to God our opposition. Um, drops the ball across the next four years so that they come back. I don't think they have a choice. I don't think they have a choice. Like, I'd I'd be damned if Twitch isn't, like, that profitable. They're, you know, if they're profitable, they're barely profitable. If they, if, think about this, Adam. 
if you've got 10 big streamers mm. and you're guaranteeing 10 of these streamers on average $20 million a year mm-hmm. or say $10 million a year. Oh, no, it's a huge, huge amount a of money. fuck ton of money, man. Yeah, yeah. And let's keep it 100, bro. Lug or, or anybody that leaves, Ninja. Say Ninja goes, even though he's Twitch. If, if they're paying Ninja $30 million a year or $20 million, mm-hmm. he is not making Twitch $20 million a year in profit. He's not. He's not. So they're, they're, they're keeping these guys and gals, mostly dudes. I, don't, I haven't heard any. I'm sorry, I guess I'll say these guys. They're keeping these guys uh, if it makes sense. If it's not making sense, why are they taking these huge losses? Because they know what's going to happen at them. If they sign this dude for 20, for 20 million bucks a year and, and he's not making 20 million for Twitch at all, none of them are. I Very few. There might be very few. But say they're losing 5, 10 million a year on the deal. They know in two years when this contract's up, guess who's going to want another 20 million? And if they grew throughout that 20 years and Twitch got to push them, they, they're paying 20 million. So they're going to make them a bigger star. They're going to ask for more money. And then it's going to go from 20 million to 30 million. You go, okay, now we're losing 15, 20 million per streamer. And you get so, 10 of those. You're fucked. So they have no choice. So here's a question. So obviously, obviously the same would hold true for uh, YouTube or Facebook where the, the talent that they're signing is not making them the return on investment. Nope. Their valuation is entirely based on them trying to get other viewers to the platform Correct. via the people that they're bringing, right? Correct. Because think so, about it. Before you go, yeah. uh, think, think about this. Those, those big streamers, when they come over, how much money would it cost to have 10,000 unique individuals watching your streaming platform for hours on end Every single day, that's well, going to be worth. Well, I don't so even there's know. there's two different metrics, right? So there's the metric of getting them there, and there's me- actual conversion metrics on them yeah. staying, right? So yeah. what I have to assume, at least to some degree, because it's been it's been you know a couple of years since they started making their first major signings, right? Mm-hmm. So I have to assume now that they have some pretty decent numbers on both of those metrics, right? Both mm-hmm. how many people are coming over at first and how many people are truly being converted to Team Randy long-term and not just watching the people that they signed, but also watching enough or other content or other live streamers in the long-term so that that money is worth it. Because otherwise, yep. I, I don't think anyone would be able to justify a $20 million, $30 million spend on a single content creator um, for a two-year fucking contract. That's well, also... Also this, man, Twitch is small fucking peanuts compared to Facebook and YouTube. I understand, but they're, not even Facebook fucking... and YouTube will burn like a billion dollars just for the sake of burning a billion dollars over four years. Like if they're signing multiple, like for the same reasons you were mentioning, you know, if you have 10 or 20 uh, major signings and they're making somewhere between 10 and $20 million a piece on average, then you're looking at anywhere from half a bill to a bill pretty quick. And in, uh, you know, even in Google terms, I don't think that they looked at that number on paper and go, oh, that's fine. I think they still have to like, I think they still have to justify to some degree that that expense. I think the upside is bigger on Facebook and and YouTube on their end because Twitch is already established and they're not paying already. So they're, they're just out of pocket, at least with Facebook and YouTube, especially YouTube. 
they know that like, hey, these are these people are becoming bigger. YouTube algorithm, the Facebook algorithm is going to work in their favor and they're going to push these individuals and they're just going to bring in more dollars. Uh, YouTube, they're going to create more videos. They're going to blow up. And in, and in turn, I think they're going to get a better return on investment. Plus, they're starting to get into the industry which costs a fuck ton of money. Let's not, you know, they, they, they haven't been in the streaming business for 10 years. You know, they've been in the streaming business for yeah. a few years. So they're skipping the line. I mean, Twitch has been able to do this for a decade. Yeah. These guys are cutting, they're cutting corners yeah. and they're, 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 they're piggybacking off of all the hard work that Twitch and the streamers have done. And yeah. now they're just po poaching them. It's costing them money, man, but their return on investment is way bigger than Twitch. Way yeah, it, it certainly would be in the short term. Uh, yeah. And what I, I, I would love to know, because we already know on average how much a YouTube personality of certain sizes, being that we've been in the game and we know people and we've, we know the, the numbers running through, loosely how much uh, a creator of a certain size makes in advertising revenue in the run of a year. And that's the only money, uh, you know, other than the splits and stuff from the streaming side of things that YouTube is going to see uh, from these creators. They have various ways to monetize them. So... I would love to see how long it takes, for example, uh, $20 million to get a kickback, like what the what the the net zero time is on a Ludwig contract, uh, because I doubt Ludwig is streaming and doing content creation five years from now. I highly fucking doubt it. I think this dude retires in three. I so, don't know. I don't think um, so, man. I don't think so. I think uh, all I, these dudes are doing it long term. And I think it's I think also a lot of it has to do with your identity and status and what you represent. I don't think it's about, you know, I, I don't, I, I'm only saying this from, from my point of view, but yeah. a, you know, come on, these guys are all multimillionaires. Yeah. You, you, you money to them now. It's just like, it's almost like a game. It's like, how much, how much of this can I, can I make? You give a guy, you give a guy like this three, 4 million bucks. It's not changing his life. He makes that in, you know, few, six months. Uh, I think what it is, is what you represent. It's a big community. It's a culture. It's a, it's a lifestyle. And I think that most of these content creators are going to do this for until they retire, until they're just done with it. And even most of them that retire, they always, a lot of the times they just come back. They, they go on a hiatus, they get whatever they're looking for, and then they come back because it, it calls to them. It's part so of their DNA. So here's a question then, uh, one last question, I guess, in regards to, um, or like a, a hypothetical in regards to the uh, the whole concept of you know Twitch Twitch can't realize that twenty million. We know we know that to some degree YouTube and Facebook aren't realizing that twenty million at least not in the short term, uh, and that it's unlikely that they're going to re-sign people for another twenty million dollars at the end of this contract in perpetuity. So there's obviously there has to be a um, an end game for these contract signings, right? You're not going to sign Ludwig. Like, let's say Ludwig doesn't retire in a few years and he goes for another 10. So at the end of every contract term, let's say the contract was two years each time, you've got five more contract re-signings, theoretically, if they are going to continue to sign him on. Uh, and if it was to play out a similar way as we were, you know, supposing it would if they were to stay at Twitch and ask for the contract, where if they did well and they grew and everything was, everyone's making money, that they're going to request as much or more in the new contract signing because just like in the sports world that's how it happens every time nobody goes back and asks for less money until their performance drops off you know starts to drop off and then you go okay well i can't if i can't feasibly ask for this much money anymore i have to you know put my uh, expectations in check so let's say that that doesn't happen 
um, duh, like what is then what the question that pops into my mind then becomes, um, will there ever be long-term signings or will it always just be, uh, a short-term bouncing between whatever platforms come out surviving this initial push, your Facebooks, your YouTube, your, your Twitch in this live stream space before it just goes back to it's just creators making money on the platform of their choice and they choose the platform to make the most money on naturally because ultimately we're i guess assuming that they're not going to want to just pay people in perpetuity on every contract resigning because they can't feasibly make that much money back on the content creators out of their natural business as it's as it stands it depends i mean it depends right it if it, it, it i would imagine it fully depends on uh performance because so, my last my last thing before you go yeah. is 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 that because what that brings into my mind is um, what is the true value of these content creators? Because what we know right now is their true value isn't even necessarily what they're getting paid to go to YouTube. It's a gamble for YouTube. A large portion of that valuation is a gamble. It's a they're assuming that there is going to be a kickback return on that on that value that they've given them. They don't know they're going to make twenty million dollars back on and more. I'm hoping they, I think they want to make money off of it. So more yeah. than 20 million, if, that's, if that was the number yeah. um, in the long term. So that, I guess the question that raises my mind is what is the true value when somebody is going to a table or, or, or whatnot in contract signings, if that's not the case? Well, it, I think it all depends on where the, the, the streaming platforms are. So it depends on where they're at in two years or in four years. Um, because right now, the value is also is 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 higher than what it would be on Twitch because Twitch is already established. So these guys are spending the money to build the platform. So in two years, depending on how they perform and the position that the platforms are in, they may be able to give more. They may be able to give the same, or they might have to give less. But they're in a position to do that one way or another because say if they're getting twenty million a year, and then uh, YouTube goes, okay, listen, we went through the analytics here. You know, we're 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 you know, we're losing money, uh, but that's fine. We knew we were going to lose money. We want to keep you. We obviously can't pay the same uh, because now we have a lot more creators that we're paying. We're losing money on a lot of them, but we want you to stay. We really, really like your content. So instead of 15 million, we're going to offer you, you know, uh, or uh, 20 million, we're going to offer you 15 million. And, you know, then they have the option to go to Twitch and say, hey, listen, these guys are now offering me 15 million. Can you do better? You know, uh, yay or nay is probably be a nay. Um, or maybe it's a yay. And then if they, if it's a yay and Twitch starts buying back some, then YouTube and Facebook have to go, okay, listen, do we want to continue to burn at this rate to keep these guys on here? And how, where's our platform going? I have no idea, uh, what it's like on the back end for these guys. I don't know how much money they're making. I would assume they're losing money, but that's okay. They're gaining in the, in the grand thing. So hopefully it gets to a point where, you know, um, everybody's making money. Some of those contracts may come down. Some of them may go up. I think it's just going to be fully dependent on on that. And let's let's keep it real, man. For YouTube to burn one billion dollars a year is nothing. It's lit. It's it's a literal drop in the absolute bucket. To lose a billion dollars a year for Twitch is like what the fuck. We bought the obviously damn thing for comparatively a speaking. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So they're able to burn for a long time to the point where they might be able to just wait out, buy, 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 buy. And next thing you know, it, it starts to turn a profit. You know, most businesses lose money 
for several years or startups before they before they turn a profit. And I just think that that's that's their play. We'll see what happens. All I know is this: all the streamers keep making your money, know your value, get as much as you want. Because right now, more than ever, because of the streaming wars that are happening with the platforms, the streamer has the most leverage I think you'll ever have in the history of gaming. I You've got a right few years now, of it, and that's it. Yep. Right now, it is time to milk it for all you can and set a precedent and uh, and get what you're worth and more. I mean, get more than what you're worth because eventually it's going to come down to what you're actually worth because right now we're playing with Monopoly money. They're just fucking throwing it around. Eventually, reality is going to sink in, and some of them are worth this much, uh, but milk it baby milk it uh how many I'll, I'll ask this because you know streaming is ultimately still a numbers game at the end of the day Ian, and whether you're uh paying to keep people short term to try and keep the rest of the numbers that they bring afloat or not um how many how many creators of this size of ludwig's size uh can twitch lose before internally they go okay guys we need to at least keep somebody well they have been keeping a couple so, you know, they kept, um, what's his face? The FPS guy, uh, Nick Merckx. They yeah. kept him. And I know that YouTube must have offered him a fucking bag because a lot of Nick Merckx boys and shit, they're all on YouTube, man. So they must have, they must have dug deep for that guy. They, you know, there must, there might be certain talent that they're like, ah, let's not lose that. Let's not lose that. Um, I think they could still probably burn through like another, you know, five or six big, big top, top dogs before they go, okay, we can't lose. <laughs> we can't, you know, unless we're creating new big dogs, we yeah. can't, we, we, we just can't continue. Which we know they're trying to do, right? Cause they have, we see their ambassador program where they're hitting people with social media in a uh, reach of like between three and 10,000 uh, people a pop. And so we know that they're doing some work in trying to curate um, various, uh, various streamers to to I I would imagine hopefully pick up some of the slack that they lose when they do lose somebody of this of magnitude obviously as well without having to pay the enormous amount of money yeah and so yeah we'll have to see I think and I'll say this because we've been going on for this for fucking ever yeah that's fine it's short uh, news yeah it's the la <laughs> last thing I think if I was in Twitch position right now I would get ahead of the game. The people that they really cannot live without, they need to lock them down. Like now? And then, yeah. And then on top of that, they need to start dumping a fuck ton of money into their platform and make it so desirable that you are a fucking moron if you leave outside of money. Like they need to make it so that the, the user experience, the partner experience, that you are treated like a fucking rock star. When you are on this platform and you worry about nothing to the point where the other platforms look lazy and sloppy and that the only reason why you would ever leave ever is money. And it's so good that even the viewer knows that you're, that you're a sellout and that all you want is money because everything here is fucking mint. The music playing, no DMCA shit. The fucking the the user face, the fuck your your pay of rate, your revenue splits. I mean everything. It needs to. They need to just dump a fuck ton of money. Know what the streamer wants and deliver and over deliver to the point where it's like, damn, dude, guys, 
You know what, man? That $20 million paycheck is looking real good over there on YouTube. But you know what? I make $12 million already on Twitch, and it's just God tier over here. That $8 million bucks, man, let's be real, guys. It's not changing my life. My community loves it here. I got to stay. I just got to stay. Unless YouTube is just writing a check that is like going to take care of my kids, kids, kids. Uh, yeah. I think that's what they need to do. Uh, yeah, I, 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 I agree. And you know what? Of all of the, of all the avenues that they could take to try and maintain their long-term viability and success, this is the one that two things. One, they should already be light years ahead of everyone else anyway, because they've been in this business for over 10 years. They should yeah. already not like YouTube should not have closed the gap like they have in the last couple of years, Twitch should be able to iterate and be so far fucking ahead of everyone else. They've been the only actor, yeah. the only true actor for a decade. They literally nearly spawned this entire industry and they're getting caught up on because they got lazy. Let's be That's honest. It, they fucking got lazy. And now well, we'll see. They got now they got to fight for it a little we'll bit see. harder. Uh, but yeah, there you go. So uh, another one over to Team Red. We'll see how many. We're at the time of year where people are going to start to resign. So we'll have more information, I'm sure, about you know Dude, who January might be staying. January first, we're going to hear more, man. Yeah, we're going to hear more. That's like the deadline. Deadline for a lot of people. So uh, can't wait to see uh, what shakes out of that. Uh, remember when those retro games started selling at thousands of times more than they were only a year previous, Mr. Black? Remember we talked about, uh, actually on the podcast, we were like, hey, we got excited when that Mario game, that Mario Kart, uh, not the game Mario Kart, but the Mario cartridge sold for 30 grand. And then like a year later, it was 130 grand. And then barely even a year after that, we had like 1.2 something million. It's all the same game with like the same rating. It's like everything just got ballooned in this totally short period of time. So there's been a few people that have been looking into this and investigating, um, you know, the whole this whole thing, trying to get some answers as to how the fuck. For example, uh, in a stretch of 10 days, a cart goes and 7,000 percents itself uh, in just under two weeks. Uh, and as it turns out, I can't give you the big rundown here, but I can recommend the video. Uh, as it turns out, holy shit, is it ever a rat's nest? Uh, man, this this is whole old thing, news, man. This is old news, man. This I've, whole I've... this whole thing is a hundred percent fabricated fuckery. Oh yeah. Uh, so and and yet you're you're saying it's old news. It is in terms of like people who have who are collecting games and whatnot. Uh, and have seen the value and how it trends over time on average. You, you, we know what it's more or less actually worth. The money that's been funneled in when it starts to hit these numbers aren't game people. They're people looking to make money. And yeah. when that starts happening, you know a bubble is in, in effect, and you know that there's going to be a, a bursting of said bubble at some point. But then the question becomes, what, what the fuck started blowing the bubble up in the first place? Uh, and... Somebody who did a really spectacular job. Two videos uh, on the uh, the topic. Carl uh, Yobst, I think, is uh, Yobst is his last name, yeah. perhaps. So Carl's um, Carl's uh, is a regular uh, on my stream. I was talking. Yeah, about your first video. You're you're a, c a clip in the first of the two videos, actually, yeah. where yeah. where you were. Or no, but yeah, I think it was the first yeah, video yeah. where he was, was first, talking about yeah. collectors, and you were like. Yeah. Holding your your your, yeah. I remember the big box that you got that one time out on the on the thing, and his video goes through. And his recent one from I think this was like 
I can't remember if it was like four days ago or a couple weeks ago now or whatever it was. It might even be a couple months ago now. I don't remember. It's been oh, when several I saw months it. since the first the, the first, first one. But the, sec- the second one is more recent. And he had like an actual lawyer talking about some of the stuff that, that cropped up in this last uh, batch of info. But holy shit, it's a racket. The, the, yeah. the, it's, and it's blatant too. Like it's like sort of hidden, but the moment you get like two pieces of information, the whole thing, the whole house of cards just yep. falls apart. Follow the money. Wild times, bro. Yeah, yeah. So uh, anyway, instead of going through all that, you guys should go and check it out. Well, that was uh, it. I didn't have anything YouTube. else to say about it. It was just yeah, like I, I was going to recommend it. Yeah, it's fucking crazy. It's it's a rabbit <laughs> hole, and it's interesting. It's it's definitely interesting. It's basically it's basically certain individuals rigging an entire grading system, um, them buying a bunch of games, artificially uh, raising the prices by buying their own games under different entities. And creating a, a a demand for for games so that you know they can cash in for millions and millions of dollars, and while... then had ins with the with the the auction house. Yeah, that then they're a, like everyone's it's like, yeah, it's 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 fucking bizarre. So <laughs> definitely go check it out. It's it's wild. Yeah. It's wild. So that was that was wild. I just watched a uh, I watched the second one because it popped up my in uh, in uh, one of my news feeds. Even though it was kind of old, it popped up in one of my news feeds. In the Excuse me, I watched the first one as well. Both fantastically done. Definitely go and check those uh check those out. Uh the Xbox Series X or S, sorry, Mr. Black, outsold all other consoles, including the Switch, by the way, which is something that you rarely ever see. Uh during Black Friday. Which really proves one thing. The console that's in stock is going to outsell everyone else. It's just kind of the way it was. Yeah. There were enough Series S's that everyone snatched those bitches up and uh and outsold everyone, including the including the Switch. So uh even though that's the case, obviously I'm sure Microsoft is thrilled with the fact that they sold so many consoles on Black Friday. Um and uh demand continues to be insane for all of the, the next gen consoles. Um M's best friend was hoping to get a PS5 for her uh fiance. And she had no idea how to make that happen because for the average consumer, it's like you have to learn a totally new skill set in order to fucking attain one of these things. Uh, and so uh, she was asking if I had any idea and I was like, all right, I'll do it. So it took me it took me a while. And one night I was up until four in the morning or some shit because there were drops that Walmart was doing at like fucking 3 a.m. for some reason. Um but in this last run on Amazon, I miraculously fucking did it. But it's like, it, the skill set's hilarious. It's the skill set of, you need to know when shit's just being broken online. So, like, the, you, I went to the page, I click add cart, and it's like, no, sorry, bro, it's out of stock. Um, and then I'd refresh the page and, and click out of stock, refresh the page, click, oh, adds to cart, go to your cart. Then it tells you it's out of stock. I was like, oh, no, there's some shit. They're slowly releasing the shit. So just fucking... Refresh, refresh, refresh. Eventually, one gun in the cart. Check out at Mach 4. You can't wait for more than fucking point two. You already need to be logged in. If you're fumbling in your wallet, your purse Over. to get your credit card, you already lost. Yeah. Memorize that card number. <laughs> Copy and pasta it. Exactly. And so, uh, uh, so I secured the bag. We've got, and, and it will be here uh, tomorrow. But the, the insanity of still getting a console is, is crazy. So it's not surprising that on Black Friday, if Series S, that they did have a good stock of Series S's, it's not shocking that they sold so many of them. Uh, and uh, that's wonderful. It's a great console. I mean, loads of people are going to be very thrilled with that, especially if you pair it with Game Pass. I mean, holy shit. 
what a great pairing that doesn't cost you a fortune. Yep. Uh, speaking of Game Pass, Game Pass Ultimate subscribers are going to get monthly Halo Infinite bonuses, it seems, with the first one coming on launch day, which is the 8th of this month, December. Uh, the first bundle comes with a uh, an assault rifle skin, four double XP, booster, XP boosters, and four challenge swaps, which are basically just, you know, you get your challenges for your, your battle pass, and maybe one of them is get five killing sprees and you're not a giga chad so you want to swap that bitch out otherwise it's gonna be stuck on your fucking list for the next week so you can use it to swap that out i personally think that's absolutely fucking insane that that exists but here we are anyway uh and uh yeah so that's not too bad you know you're already you're already getting everything you possibly want uh out of the game because you have a game pass also but now you get a little a little extra slap on the ass and how do you do uh as well uh, speaking of slap on the ass and how do you do, Respawn Entertainment announced yesterday that it will be taking the original Titanfall down from marketplaces uh, March 1st of next year. Multiplayer servers will exist beyond that point for at least some time, although they didn't specify for those who still own the game. Uh, Titanfall 1 and 2 have both suffered pretty spectacularly from DDoSing that has been ongoing um, for fucking, oh my god, it's gonna be like a year now uh, or close to it. Um, and Apex has also partially suffered from this as well. There's been massive targeted attacks, and I'm not even sure why, but they've been really fucking on Titanfall 1 and 2. Uh, and then to couple with that, just general neglect from the developer, because as soon as they brought out Apex, Apex is literally like three quarters Titanfall. They just stripped the fucking badass mechs out of it and said, here's a game to play and pay us money for loot boxes. Um... Uh, and that's a shame, because Titanfall 2 is considered by a lot of people to be one of the greatest first-person shooters of all time, and one of the best multiplayer first-person shooters uh, of all time. And of course, we've discussed many times how it got they chose the world's worst release date, fucking destroyed it from day one, and then just didn't pay any attention to it. It's like they literally left it alone as a black sheep of the family to die in the streets, uh, and then said, you know what, we need to make a new game, Apex, and then they just went away and did that and forgot about Titanfall forever. Um, so yeah, there you go, so if you have Titanfall 1 already, you'll still have multiplayer servers if you're still playing it, one of the, you know, handful, a few thousand people still playing that. Uh, if not, and you're interested, make sure you buy Titanfall so that you can at least still have access to play the campaign, uh, or, you know, one, one way or the other, with the multiplayer or without. And, uh, and there you go. So, uh, sad times for, uh, for one of, uh, the industry's favorite first-person shooters. CD Projekt Red, speaking of sad times, CD Projekt Red has announced that while it's still working on Cyberpunk 2077, as well as the next-gen versions of The Witcher 3, which, uh, you'll recall got delayed, uh, along, or got delayed alongside of the next-gen releases of, um, Cyberpunk, uh, as well, uh, they have begun preliminary work on their next game title. They haven't even gotten this bitch out and, and, and not broken. And they're already telling, they're already telling everyone that they're, they're, they're moving, they're starting to move on. They have one foot out the door. They, they've packed the boxes, the boxes are at the door, they've opened the door, the first foot is out the door, and they've got their most, you know, their favorite things in hand in that first box, and their ass is heading towards the moving truck. Yep. Uh, and, uh, color me unsurprised, but, uh, all the same. It was very, what's been very interesting is how it comes in waves, and I, I'm not a, I don't like being a conspiracy theorist, but when it comes to this game, I get a little conspiracy theoristy. 
it comes in waves how, how it will randomly pop up. People on social media will start talking about how Cyberpunk was always like this incredible game, and people are just discovering it now that it's like a really good game. And that just happened again in the last week, where out of nowhere, Cyberpunk really just starts trending, and a bunch of people that, like, they just start talking about how this game has always been like amazing and it never really had that many problems and people were just making shit up and it was really just a small group of people that had issues and you know it wasn't a big deal that it was taken off the playstation store for like i don't know fucking six months or whatever like none of that mattered and oh they just shouldn't have made it for the old consoles etc and a lot of these accounts are like oh this account was made in october of 2021 it's bots man ain't real game's dog shit (laughs) ain't fooling nobody man Social media ain't fooling me. They're already they're already working on their next game. They done with this. That shit was an epic, an epic fail. They done. They done. It's over. Like and, dead. and I really do. I compare this so much. No Man's Sky because when No Man's Sky came out, it was busted to fuck. It was like one one hundredth of what Sean had said it was going to be uh, leading up to launch. And for me, I still enjoyed what was there, but I also knew that it was broken as shit. That shit was fucking wrecked. It was one of the worst fucking launches of a game ever. The difference is, they just went away and came back until the game was fixed. And Cyberpunk, which has got a lot more money and people behind it than, than, than Hello Games had for No Man's Sky, is already getting ready to leave the house. Yeah, but the the thing is, the difference is, is No Man's Sky, they had to make it right. Well, that dude's career is done. Yeah. He's out, he's out of the industry. He's fucking, he's done, done. You know, these guys, Respawn Entertainment. Not can, Respawn, CD Projekt Red. Or CD Projekt Red, sorry. They yeah. they can they can drop this They ball. can take they can one out. Yeah, and then they got, hey, we, we got The Witcher. We, and we got this new project. We learned our lesson. <laughs> we, we, we listened to you. They can do that shit. He couldn't. So he had no choice, man. He was fighting for his ability to create games ever again. It's true. Yeah. And now look, it looks like he might only ever have to create No Man's Sky for the rest of his fucking career. Yep. Uh, But there you go. So uh, we'll see just how, I mean, we already had that very fancy, totally not labeled roadmap that came out for Cyberpunk not long ago. So, So in vast swaths of time, we will receive updates and see how it all goes. I would still like Cyberpunk to be playable because I own I you know I would like to I would like to play it because I was I liked the aesthetic and everything and I think that there was a game a good game in there it was just hidden beneath uh, its completely abysmal completion uh, and broken ass bullshit so uh, you know I'm I'm pulling for them because I'm sure the developers are also like a lot of the people that worked on it were obviously not happy when they released a game that they worked on for that long and it just yeah, they are they're forced to release it, and it just gets shit on, right? Like, yeah, nobody's going to be feeling. happy with that. No. Uh, yeah, so I'm pulling for it. Uh, I'm Bethesda... <laughs> I'm pulling for the developers. Like, the, and I, I mean that, I don't oh. mean the, the, the high-end guys. I mean the, the ladies and gents in the trenches gotcha. making the games. I'm pulling for them. Fuck the idiot that put that game out <laughs> in yeah. the state that it was in. And then blame... And then blame... Remember, blame QA. Can't do that. <laughs> Can't do that, man. Can't do that. 
Uh, Bethesda put out a video this week with the developers talking about Starfield and the typical fluff around passion, etc. You know, it's like that usual fluff piece where it's like a, a bunch of headshots of developers being like, man, I grew up playing Bethesda games and I just love them so much and I wanted to get into the video game industry and so I did and then my dream job came along and now I get to make Bethesda games too. And so it's one of those videos. Yeah. Uh, the only good thing to come out of it was that, of course, we got to see like slightly more little snippets here and there screenshots very minimal kind of gamey stuff from starfield itself in this video and so that was really the only reason to watch that everything else is just the usual bullshit todd howard fluff uh with a few other developers behind him i remember when i was six years old (laughs) and i popped in skyrim for the first time here i am 26 years old (laughs) and i just put it i'm still putting in skyrim and now I get to work on the next iteration. How awesome is that? Man, you know what, though? I talked about this on, on, on uh, Twitter the other day, too, with, with, with a couple of people. It was like, the shittiest thing about this whole ordeal with, with Bethesda and their games, as much as we meme on them, is the reality is in the world of, of action-adventure RPG, like the open-world stuff. Yeah, they're the only ones, man. Nobody even appro- Nobody even approaches. Yeah, man. Like the closest was uh, coincidentally, The Witcher Three was the closest, yeah. and it released in a, in shambles and took years to fucking patch itself into like relevancy. But like, which I'm sure lots of people would disagree with, but that's whatever world you live in. But Skyrim also being broken, at least it was Bethesda. You knew you were you were getting, I suppose. All the same, nobody really gets close. I mean, uh, the Elder Scrolls and Fallout as open-world action-adventure RPGs are just the show. Yep, uh, they win by and, default. Yeah. And so they can they can just continue on. And and as much as I shit on them, and as much as I know they rely on modders and stuff to help like get these games off the ground in the first few months for, with fixes and, and all this other shit... At least, they, at least they make that an option. They give you literally the fucking tools for the video game that yeah. they used, by and large, to make the video game. Nobody fucking does that shit. Yeah. So, as broken and busted as Todd Howard's stupid bomber jacket ass is, with all of his friggin' platitudes and nonsense, uh, when the games pop up, they're bangers. You can't fucking deny that they're, <laughs> they're not bangers. They might still have the same bugs from 15 years ago, but yep. nobody does it, so you you just take it. You take you it like to. a bitch, and you like it. Yep. Uh, and the thing about Starfield is that this is far enough apart from their usual stable that I'm very intrigued. How does Bethesda do open-world action-adventure RPG in space? How does that fucking look? Uh, and uh, so well, very intrigued it, with it that. It looks like Skyrim. <laughs> in space? You know, in space. <laughs> That's what it looks like. Uh, we'll see. Uh, but we'll see we'll see next year that's a next year assuming it doesn't get delayed that's a next year uh event uh halo infinite continues a positive trajectory in its multiplayer beta this is just a tack on here um that i had but uh server desync was worse this week i forgot to mention that when i was just rambling at the beginning of the of the, of the uh, podcast here but it was the server desync was substantially worse this week than it was previous i don't know if that's just an increased player count or the servers are just going through growing uh, growing pains or what uh, it was also uh visible during the hcs matches uh, as well and they were having uh quite a number of of connection issues throughout the uh the hcs rounds this week uh we also discovered that they uh really or there really isn't a current in-game method of reporting cheaters. Uh, and the community manager was talking about this on uh, social media this week, where uh, he was pointing out 
that uh, yes, we know that everyone's yelling at us that we don't have an in-game reporting feature for people that seem to be cheating, uh, but this is our solution as it stands, and the solution is fucking terrible. So the solution is go into the theater mode after your game is done, record the whatever you, th- you think is the evidence of this person cheating, Save that video out, because you can save it out to your, your desktop or, or whatever. And then they have a third-party website in which you file the complaint with the person's username and upload the video there. You, which you is, lost me at record. Wait, you've already, you've already fucked up. Yeah, you lost a me A long time ago. Yeah. Long time ago. You can't, there is no, you don't externalize any of that shit. No. And, and this is another one of my, one of my gripes with this game is that it's got the core right, but everything else is a fucking dumpster fire in, 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 in my opinion. Like literally, you can't, you cannot launch a online competitive multiplayer shooter in 2020 fucking one that's free to play especially with no in-game cheating reporting functionality or functioning anti-cheat. You like, you can't, and they've done both of those things. So the, the amount of fire that they're playing with is insane right now. Uh, and it really makes me question why they even bothered to do this multiplayer beta before the release of the, uh, of the campaign. I, I don't really follow. Um, but uh, I guess lucky for them, the gameplay's been so good that it's overshadowed the, the rest of it for now. That won't last forever. That shit gonna shine, that, that's gonna, that shine is gonna buff down to like a dull fucking yeah. sheen. They got till New Year, man. They got till New Year to... to, to- to clean some of this stuff up, but you know, the game's good. So we'll see what happens. Thankfully. So there you go. And that's it. That's it for gaming news, Mr. Black, which means it's time to sell out. Hey, patreon.com slash lag TV. Head on over there. Throw some money at the screen. All right. If you don't, if you can't afford it, that's okay. Hit the, hit the like button, subscribe, leave reviews, share it with a friend, support it in your own way. It's all good. You can also go and support our sponsors, which helps support us as well. We got a uh, Nord VPN. Um, in the description of the video, uh, there's a link. Use the promo code OTT. If you're listening to this, you can go to Nord, N-O-R-D-V-P-N.com slash OTT. Use that promo code and get a massive discount, some bonus months when you get a two-year subscription. Stay safe, stay anonymous, watch different regions of Netflix. Uh, you know, use that when you're using public Wi-Fi. Use up to six simultaneous devices. You only need one account per household. And it's 2021. You need to have a VPN. I don't know anybody that doesn't have a VPN in 2021. So go ahead and pick one up. Supports the stream. It's a win for you. It's a win for the sponsor. It's a win, 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 win. All the way around. And we got Elgato. Uh, Some big sales happening right now for Elgato. Uh, So make sure you go to Amazon or their website. Link will be in the description below. And grab yourself an Elgato product, whether it's a face cam, which is the webcam, uh, the Go XLR, or not the Go XLR, sorry, the uh, Wave XLR. Uh, because if they're, you're buying just if, XLR, if, if you're <laughs> buying a Go XLR over um, a, even 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 your plug and play Wave Three, you're crazy. All right, and if you if you want to use an XLR. Um, uh, audio device you can get the wave xlr which now you can plug in your condenser mic or your dynamic mic anything that uses phantom power and they've got it they've got a ton of software as well so you can do all the bells and whistles that you can do with your go xlr made it a plastic that has every freaking problem known to man when it comes to connecting to obs and everything else bypass the garbage you have no idea 
how many streamers I have seen on Twitch, on Twitter, saying I'm having Go XLR issues, I'll boot my stream up later, or I can't, I gotta reinstall some shit. That stuff is costing you time and money. Go and do it right, buy some Elgato products, and don't buy in to the cheap plastic with RGB lights, all right, or RBG or whatever the fuck you want to call it. It's a waste of money, and it's overpriced. If the stuff was 100 bucks, I'd be shutting my mouth right now. It's not. It's too much. So go and buy some Elgato products, and that's it. That's time four. Can't you tell I love Go XLR? <laughs> Movies and TV. Dude, Go XLR is doo doo butter. I've been trying to tell people ever, before it even launched, I looked at it and I yeah. said, That ain't it. Yeah, bro. I'm going you know, right it. now, they spent more money uh, trying to make it look good than they did on those preamps hey, and, and yo, on the software. Props to them, man. Their marketing is top tier. And there's a lot of streamers that'll just like, take, a, take a free device and and get free promotion hey good on them they their marketing team is on point i'll give them crushing that. it uh can you feel the cage mr black yes Are you I feeling feel the, cage, mr. I feel the uh, cage mr black man. i feel the cage nicholas cage is set to play the role of dracula in the upcoming monster movie renfield which will be his first major studio movie since 2011 he's done pretty much exclusively indie films for the last decade and now He's making it back to the big boys uh, and slotting right into a role that he was obviously born to fucking play. Dracula. Dracula. He's got the hairline for it. Yeah. I don't know, man. I'm just not a big Nicolas Cage fan, to be honest. I don't think he's a particularly good actor. <laughs> you know me. I'm all about my Nicolas Cage, bro. I know. I know. <laughs> Look, I'm not saying he needs Oscars. But damn it, if I'm not entertained when I watch me some Nicolas Cage. That's hey, that's what it's all, that's what the movie experience is all about. And I hear he did great in Pig, so you know, hey, good on him. He's he's brought his career back. Don't fumble Dude, this because no. if you fumble this one, you ain't you, listen. You ain't getting another big movie. It ain't happening. You're gonna be sticking to these like three hundred thousand dollar paydays uh, where you don't really where you have like fifteen lines and you just gotta show up. And and say Nicolas Cage one-liners and be done with yourself. So don't fuck this one up. Uh, yeah. So yeah, that's happening. But yes, Pig was good, for sure. I, I watched it. The, my only complaint with Pig, I think, was probably, and I mentioned this before, is is that while it wasn't quite like uh, Game of Thrones um, pitch black torches level of dark, it was like a lot of the scenes were fucking getting awfully damn close to that shit. They needed to learn how to light their scenes Maybe a little. I know they were going for Moody. There's like Moody, and then I need to be a cat yeah, in order to Moody see what's happening. And Game of Thrones. Yeah. You, went to, you went to Game of Thrones. Even. Never go full Game of Thrones, yeah, Mr. Black. Which, which just ruins the Moody. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the Matrix Resurrections got another teaser trailer this week, Mr. Black. Actually, I think it was, oh, it was yesterday, the day before. You know, it's like having sex with the lights off. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, there needs to, like it needs to be dark. But there needs to be some sort of lights on. You, you need know? silhouettes at the very least. You know, I know I think I've said this on the podcast before, but like I got the red light, right? So when the red light is on, I don't yeah. know if I said this before. Maybe it was on my stream. Maybe it was here. I don't remember. I have a light. And whenever I walk in a room and the red light's on, I know Kayla wants some D. All right? Or if I put on the red light, she knows what's up. You turn, you turn your bedroom into the red light district? Well, it's just a lamp. I have like a lamp on the side of my, and it turns all different colors. 
and it's red light district time. So when that shit's on, <laughs> listen, there's enough <laughs> light in there so that I can see what's going on, but it's still dark enough to set the moody. You know what That's I'm right. saying? If it's pitch black, I can't see what's going on here. You don't want you, know, you don't want to be you don't want to be like in stark light where you're like you feel like you're in a movie studio. You don't want yeah, that. And weird. let's be honest, no, none of us are in shape enough to want to see yeah, ourselves. I don't want to see all that. No, but I, I want to see, see the enough, silhouette. Man. That's it. I just want to see enough. I got to see some things jiggling. <laughs> I got to like you know I got to get some visual stimulation going on. <laughs> I ain't trying to fucking have a Games of Thrones sex scene. You know uh, when when it's just pitch black. I mean, what the hell? You, I mean, you're better off sex than anything at that point, right? So, you know, there's got to, you got to, there's got to be some kind of light. I like, I like the concept though. Literally the red light district. You turn That's that it, on. Man. Dude, you got to see signal. That. It's like the bat it's, signal. It is the bat signal. Everybody, like everybody, Kale and I knows what's going on. What's going down when the red light's on. When the red light's on, it's like, hey, it's time. Look, you, know need to, you know what? You know what? no next... initiation needed. That's the initiation. You know what the next the next level of this is? Is that you get two cutouts for the top of the lamp. All right, you get one that's in the shape of a dick. You get one in the shape of an ass. And then when she wants the dick, you want the ass. You, the, it's the red light, but then on the it's literally the bat signal. You look up that's at the it. ceiling, and there's a giant uh, penis okay. on the ceiling, or wow. just a giant ass yep. on the sheet. Now you know. Now it's the actual bat signal. Now we know what's going on. Now you really know what's going on. I think mm-hmm. that's the next the next the next step. All right. Uh, to it. Maybe we should uh, make a product and sell it in the sex store. Dave will buy it. Damn right they will. <laughs> Dave, the Asian guy, will come back next year and part of his $10,000 buy That's will, it, be, man, uh, will be the bat signal. Yep, and a 12-inch donger. <laughs> Get him, Dave. Uh, the Matrix Resurrections got another teaser focusing uh, on the line from the original, which they said that uh, you know, deja vu happens when something has changed in the Matrix or is changed. Uh, in the Matrix, pointing to, uh, you know, many of the callbacks the original trailer for this movie made, which gives more context to all those conta- uh, callbacks. Excuse me, instead of just being like raw fan service, they've given some uh, reason for it to be. It's obviously still fan service, but they have made it like canonically sensible fan service in a way that I've got to, I got to slow clap them for. Uh, they've managed to uh, to keep the uh, the nostalgia while also giving it a reason within the Matrix for existing, which is, you know, the, the out was the black cat in the first movie and the glitch and, oh, deja vu, and everyone's freaking out because that means that something's changed and, and the bad guys are, are, are en route uh, to fuck your day up. And so that whole thing, so that teaser kind of doubled down on that and really went over uh, that as well. Uh, and, uh, you know, I'm a little bit happier about that because before I thought we were just getting like, you know, it was starting to feel like a, um, you know, a star Wars episode seven yeah, where it was pure fan service and we weren't even going to attempt to fucking hide the fact that it was fan service. It was literally like, here's a death star and here we go. We're going to do the thing again and fucking everyone's going to do the, the, you know, it's like the trench run and whatever the fuck. Well, okay. Thankfully it doesn't seem to be that anyway, they've elaborated on that. So that was nice to see. Other than that. That's all I That's got. I, didn't, I, didn't, I don't think I, I haven't watched anything. Uh, I haven't watched anything uh, movie really related in the last week. That's uh, at least. Uh, Ken and I've been watching uh, the, the Kevin Hart show um, with um, Wesley Snipes. Um, it's like a show that's like loosely based around Kevin Hart's, 
you know, career and stuff. And then like he has okay. a brother that gets him into some shit. Oh, um, I think I saw I, th- I saw a trailer uh, for that. Um, yeah, it's it's yeah. pretty good. It's pretty good. Kayla doesn't like watching it because it makes her like anxious. It's like it's like one of these shows that like not a lot of good happens in it. It's just yeah, like yeah. watching watching someone's life spiral. Uh, but it's good, man. Uh, it's pretty good. So uh, yeah, I'm gonna continue watching that. Outside of that, we haven't been we haven't really been uh, sitting down and and doing a whole lot of uh, of watching uh, really anything these days. Oh, did watch. Um... Probably the first two, probably the first two hours of uh, that Beatles thing that's on Disney Plus that oh. uh, Peter Jackson did, uh, yeah. where the the get back tour and and the and taking like 150 hours worth of footage and paring that down into a into a mini mini doc type situation and. Um, uh, that that's been kind of fascinating. You know, I'm not the world's biggest Beatles fan, but I obviously respect I. Um, how many popular songs that still get played today that they managed to crank out in their in their time as a group uh and um uh you know i gotta also give credit to uh jackson and and the team that uh, managed to take all this footage and clean it up audio and video to get it to where it is now because it's quite quite spectacular um and just really interesting it's interesting to watch any musician go through the creative process from nothing like we don't have a song Till we suddenly have a song and there are parts of this where you're watching like for example when we uh, forget back the, the song get back specifically you're watching paul mccartney they've been they've been at you know the, the guys have been at odds for the last day or two or whatever and they've been kind of button heads a bit and nothing's really cropped up that anyone's super happy with and then everyone's really quiet and paul just starts playing to himself and just starts like vocalizing he's not singing a lot of words or anything he's vocal and he's just trying to find something you're watching him go through the process playing his guitar and everyone else is dead quiet like ringo thinks like smoking a fucking cigarette he didn't give a fuck everyone's just just sitting there and he's just playing and then eventually like a minute into this he goes from having absolutely fucking nothing and then get back comes out of like fucking nowhere uh and he finds it he locks in on it and all of a sudden you see the other boys as soon as it's fucking wild as soon as you because they've been together for so long oh yeah they all they start it, going right they, they all, all start. perk up and then it's like one they all hop in and all of a sudden they've got a fucking song in like this like five minute window yeah. uh and uh so anytime you get to see something like that because it's rare like it's very rare for any artist especially of like the size of the beatles to have recorded a process like that for you to watch it and uh and so that was the the interesting thing for me, while I'm not a huge Beatles fan, to see that kind of process and and also see them at that point in their career where they weren't exactly all buddy buddy with one another. They were yeah. they were kind of over it, uh, and and they were getting ready to like they even talk about it openly. They're like, maybe this is just it, boys. Yeah, this is the show. This is the show. This is the one. And uh, and so yeah, very very intriguing so far. And I, I maybe I'll pick away at it. It's something to put in the background. Uh, and very uh, interesting from just uh, watching uh, the the musical process, and also just knowing that they went from no show to let's make an album that we want to do live. So we want to record this live with an audience, but we have to do it in fourteen or so days because Ringo has a movie at the end of the month, and so we have to go from zero songs, fourteen days rehearsal, live studio album recording in front of an audience for the first time, and like we had, they hadn't been live in like years or whatever at that point and they did all that shit in like 14 days Crazy. so uh yeah very interesting to watch indeed but yeah that's 
That's all. Uh, oh, the only other thing I watched, I watched it a second time. It's not a new movie. Uh, we watched Jack Reacher, which uh, I just get a laugh about every time I watch it. Em wanted to watch it because she couldn't remember if she'd seen it or not. Uh, and Jack Reacher, if there was, if you ever wanted to know um, whether or not Tom Cruise had the like one of the largest egos on the planet, just watch Jack Reacher. Jack Reacher is one two-hour-long Tom Cruise ego stroke. The whole fucking movie. Everything from the character being a god at everything with zero faults. This character has zero... Zero faults. This is not a James Bond. This is not... Zero. He is perfect. He is Jesus reincarnated. Uh. He is the son of God himself, whatever God you subscribe to. Jack Reacher is that God's son. Comes down. Infallible. Solves everything. Has an idyllic memory. God-tier fucking fighting skills from top to bottom. Every woman that sees him in this movie, regardless if they're 16 or 160, all look at him the same way. Elevator stairs, smirking. Mm, Oh, I just got wet. Every single fucking one of them. To the point where there's an awkward couple of scenes where one of the characters is that girl that's on the younger side, and she starts propositioning him like, oh, just get it over with, just don't hurt me. Like, he's gonna, like, fuck her in the office or whatever. And he's, like, everything in this movie is a weird, awkward Tom Cruise ego stroke. But it's fucking hilarious because it's that. And it's just such a great example of how... It's like Tom Cruise knew that he could never be James Bond or some shit, so they're like, fuck, we need our own. What's another, what's another name that kind of sounds like a James Bondy type thing that he does almost identical shit, you know, that kind of grandiose nature? Jack Reacher! That's a book series! Let's make it happen! And so they did. Anyway, so yeah, it's a giggle. It's a fucking giggle. But yeah, just, you just the, but watching the opening and just seeing all the girls. It's like a montage in the beginning of the movie of every girl looking at Tom Cruise, and you're like... Tom Cruise, man. Bro. Put some respect on the name. Put <laughs> some respect on it. And it's just funnier because he's getting older and older. So the in Jack Reacher, he's got like the shirtless scene, and the girl's like, "Can you please put a shirt on?" And Tom's like leaning in the bathroom doorway with the light, just like the right top-down lighting, and it's like all of Tom Cruise in his glory at like whatever he was, like fifty-two years old, or whatever the fuck he was in this movie. And you're just like, Jesus, Tom, get him, Tom. fucking just get him, just just give her a rest. Jack, reach around. Exactly. There you go. That's the, that's the fucking one. Uh, and that's all I got for movies and TV. Uh, and so I guess we'll uh, move on to the last segment, which is called... X support The amount of indigestion I cannot seem to get away uh, from right now. You don't even know, bro. Holy cow. Uh, tech support. Patreon.com slash lag TV. It's where you want to go. $10 or more a month helps support this podcast. Keeps going. So you can hear about me, laugh about Tom Cruise and his ego, uh, and uh, get a couple of extra perks. Chiefly, you are able to ask us questions each and every week uh, on a post that I put up before the podcast called Tech Support. We answer as many of those as we can in the time that we have. So let's go. Let's do it. Dan Jim, we're still working through the ages. Top three PS3 games. It's going to be more difficult. Jeez, man. I actually don't even have an answer for that because I don't... uh... PS3? Jesus. I Here's the problem. I, I didn't play I played, much PS3, man. I played about three PS3 games, and two of them were sports titles. Like, I guess if I had to just throw them out there, it would be probably, um, you know, take your pick of, like, The Last of Us, 
The original The Last of Us. Yeah. Um, uh, Uncharted. Whichever uh, Uncharted you want to you want to choose. I didn't play it, right? So neither, like, neither did I. I'm just saying because I never played any PS3 games. So like, Last of Us, Uncharted, and uh, what was the one that uh, the team that made Guerrilla Games made before Horizon Zero Dawn? It was a shooter, and it was really good. Um, oh shit. Dude, I'm gonna go with uh, I'm gonna go with The Last of Us, Dead Space, Killzone. I think yeah. Was it Killzone? Maybe not. Maybe not Killzone. Last of Us, Dead Space, and Grand Theft Auto Five. Boom. Oh, GTA Five was PS3, wasn't it? It like yep. snuck on there. Yep. Okay. All right. Well, that's like a. There you go. Cheat, it's a cheat code, but I'll take it. It is a bit of a cheat code, but you know what? I'll take Beggars it. can't be choosers. I didn't play much PS3. Like, that PS3 I, era was, like, me getting into PC gaming. Like, yeah. you know, really just taking over. You know, I didn't really play much PS3, because that's when uh, StarCraft and everything was... Honestly, if I gotta keep it 100, PS3 was a fucking shit console in general. They it went through great. like they went through like three different iterations. They went from fat PS3 backwards compatibility to no backwards compatibility to like just but all manner of fuckery. And let's keep it a hundred, man. That fat PS3, the sixty gig backwards compatibles, the goat, man. You can play but, PS1, yes, PS2, but, and PS3 games on there. But it's only really the goat because you can play those backwards. Exactly. Like you get you get beyond that that version yeah. of the system, and I don't yeah. want nothing to do with PS3. Yeah, it's funny enough. The PS3 and PS5 are the only consoles that are in my media room. That's it. Because I don't need anything else. Well, not when you're on PC, especially because Xbox, all the stuff's on PC now, too. Yeah. I just don't play. That, too. You just don't play. You don't play any games. That's true. I play Grand Theft Auto. <laughs> you play Grand Theft Auto on a daily basis. Uh, it kind of starts and stops there. Uh, oh, Christmas-specific question, Mr. Black, but probably one that's uh, uh, white, right. I believe. is how you uh, It comes in from Logan. Fruitcake lover, yes or no? Oh, hell no. Hate it. Even my uh, even my grandmother, uh, she was one hell of a cook or a, and a baker. Mm. Um, she used to make fruitcake all the time. It was the only thing that she ever made that I just did not like and eat. I just don't like fruitcake. We talked about this on my uh, my stream. Uh, I think it was yesterday, and um, I've fruitcake is a thing that if it's there and I've got no other options, you know, I, I'm a finger food guy. I'm just I'm gonna eat some fucking fruitcake. I'm gonna be happy about it. I'm gonna eat it. I'm not. I, I'm I, like, it's just that for me, the best fruitcake I've ever had is still going to be the bottom of the list of Christmas-related bakery items that I want to eat. So the absolute best, the cream of the crop, is still mm. going to be bottom of the fucking list for me. So, uh, not really much of a of a fruitcake person myself. Uh, and it definitely seems to skew for like the older demographic for sure. Like the, the older demographic love them some fruitcake. I don't think that's gone front, you know, forward very, very readily. That's for sure. Uh, Nick Winters asks, Hey, Nostradamus. That's what they call us around here. Okay. When will the NFT bubble burst? What will be the most expensive purchase? Oh, I think that shit's just starting, man. And it's going to, is going to go into the, you know, I don't even, I don't keep track of it, but. I don't just, follow I don't follow NFTs close enough to know like where we would be in the great like the chart that you would 
before we hit like the what's called like the bull trap so if you like look at a bubble what tends to happen is you get like this you know it's just kind of like meandering along and then shit just pops off usually it's some sort of like influence that doesn't actually increase the, you know the 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 extrinsic value very much it just but it just takes off and then uh, at the top right towards the top people somebody eventually usually somebody that's holding a fairly substantial amount of whatever asset you're talking about decides you know what boys i'm cashing the fuck out i think this is where the top is and they do and when that happens and it moves the needle enough people go fuck the roller coaster's going down the other way and then a bunch of people start selling but there's still hesitancy. People are like, oh, no, I don't really fucking know. And the first thing will happen, people go, oh, I'm going to buy the dip. And so you get this little trench where people start buying the dip. But then, so it will come back up a little bit more. But people are like, nah, fuck that shit. This ain't it. And that's the bull trap, that little fucking dip in there where people buy that first dip. And then it falls off the face of the earth. And that's where the bubble crashes. Um, where is the NFT in that chart? I think we're still only like halfway up the fucking first, first run. Uh, like, the thing about NFTs is that they're largely based around art, and the thing about art is that, that, is that, is that with very few exceptions, especially when you're talking about digital art, this is even more of the case, is that the, the, the base value is like nothing, because it's not even physical, right? There's not even the material value of the art piece. Art is almost exclusively valuated, or value, or evaluated based on... Uh, like, who did it? When was it done? What's the context that we can sell this on? You know, you know, it's the same reason why a Van Gogh will sell for like $20 million or whatever. It's not because they might be the greatest painting of all time, but it was Van Gogh that did it. And it looks, you know, good to certain people. And he did it at this point in his career. And he painted it in this room at this time. And there was shit going on. And it, and it, and it speaks to this. That, whatever. And, you, and you get people that will put all this together into a story. And then that story is what makes that painting worth $20 million to somebody with boatloads of fucking money. Um, and the thing with NFTs, since they're art-based, is that you're going to have the same thing happen. Like, nobody is looking at, like, crypto punks, like, the thing that, like, Nade Shot's got a, a profile picture, well, that's a crypto punk, and a couple of the other, you'll notice them uh, have it for their profile pictures on, on Twitter. Or, like, the ape ones, the fucking, like, uh, the, the, which is the same concept profile picture, like, randomized ape shit. Uh, nobody looks at that and goes, man, that's a really incredible piece of art that truly took somebody any amount of skill and time or energy uh, to craft. It must be worth $3 million in Ethereum. Zero people. You've got people making art that's so much better and so much nicer on every possible level. So... What, what makes it hard to know where the bubble is, is that it's, it's so speculatory, good fucking luck. So I don't know, I still think we're in the early days, uh, because now we're seeing companies jump on and do NFTs. We're seeing, like, mainstream shit, where they're like, you know, I'm waiting for my Mountain Dew NFT to happen underneath a bottle cap, or some fucking nonsense, or like a tab, you input a code for the chance to win an NFT. So I think we're still early days. I think it's going to be obscene amounts of money because if most of the people that seem to be dealing in this stuff are like old crypto bodies, which means that these guys have shitloads of Ethereum. If you just started investing in Ethereum like three years ago, you might have like five Ethereum and you're like, oh my God, it's so much money. There are people dealing in NFTs that were farming Ethereum when it was worth nothing. And so they're just swimming in Ethereum. So uh, it, it's not... 
uh, like it's nothing for them. Like it's three million or three hundred thousand dollars, but in their in their Ethereum bank, that means absolutely fucking nothing. So we got a long way to go yet. Uh, I I would imagine. I have no date as to when the fuck that could possibly end because uh, people are crazy, and this is like some beanie babies type shit. So Lord only knows how long it will last. Um. Henry asks, what way do you prefer your steak cooked and what sauce do you prefer with it, if any sauce, I'll add. Uh, he prefers rare with just salt and pepper, and that's the show. Uh, I'm medium. Medium guy. All right. Do you do sauce at all with yours? Typically not. I just medium are you steak an onion? Are you an onion and mushroom guy with it as well, or do you just like your, your steak straight up, like as straight up as possible? I salt, just, pepper before they, they, they do it and that's it. Yeah. Um, pretty just straight up. Uh, if they, if I'm at a nice restaurant and they're like, Hey, would you like some, so, uh, some sauteed mushrooms and stuff? I'll order them. But, uh, yeah, I'm just a medium guy. You know, when I was younger in my teens, I was well done. My early twenties, I was mid well. Now I'm medium. And I don't think I'm going beyond that because it's a bit of a crapshoot when you get medium. Sometimes you get it. It's like, because there's less than medium, medium or rare, medium, over. medium, well. Yeah. So medium yeah. is like it's it's usually when there's a bit of a fuck up, it's still edible and it tastes fine. So and I don't like bloody ass steaks. I just it just doesn't do it for me. Um, I'm a medium. I'm a medium rare guy, uh, personally. Uh, and and whether or not I have anything with it depends on how good the cut was in the first place. Because some cuts have flavor and some don't. You're not going to see me fox with a, a filet mignon with nothing because mm-hmm. it has zero flavor. Uh, you're also rarely going to see me actually spend my own money on it because it has zero flavor and they charge a fortune for filet. <laughs> so, um, I like I like a very if I'm having steak a very small amount of a sauce that's got a fair amount of vinegar in it. I like a little vinegar uh, to cut the fat that's in the steak. And that's, and that's it. So I don't douse my shit. Some people fucking swim their shit. Or they have, like, a, this sauce where they're dipping the whole fucking, like, piece in. Oh, because you can't even taste the steak anymore, man. You fuck just like that. the sauce. You don't like the yeah. steak. You just like the sauce at that point. Yeah, fuck that. So, uh, that's, that's what, uh, so, like, for me, like, even, like, a really straightforward off-the-shelf sauce, like A1 uh, or HP, both of them are relatively yeah, vinegary. Yeah. Uh, and uh, I like that vinegar profile, so just a little dab will do you. And uh, away you go. Uh, but it's New York Strip like all day. I don't fucks around with like the other like it's New York Strip. Tastes good. It's still I like tender. A I like a sirloin. Oh, you're a sirloin oh, guy. I like sirloin a lot. Yeah. Mm. Uh, but yeah, fillets. Don't buy a fillet unless you just like burning money. Cause it don't taste like anything. Fucking <laughs> flavorless. Uh. Volkus uh, asks, he, uh, he said, watched Arcane last weekend, which is that, you know, League of Legends uh, show that's gotten nothing but, like, tens everywhere it goes. Uh, and like the theme song enough to add it to my collection. Uh, it's Enemy by Imagine Dragons, if anyone else wants it. I think this is the second or third time Imagine Dragons has worked with Riot to uh, create uh, a theme song. What was a song from a TV or a movie that you immediately wanted to get a copy of? To listen to, I guess, not just within the context of the film. Uh, I mean, Interstellar, man. Hans Zimmer. I have, a, I have a couple of Hans Zimmer, I think, related things on my, or in my physical collection. Well, it's digital, but like I bought the, the, like the lossless audio versions of the 
of the tracks. Um, I don't have Interstellar. I do have The Last Samurai, uh, which was also Zimmer. Um, Dude, I gotta watch that movie. It's been so long since I've seen it. I watched it. I, I thought, what did I watch it? I watched it two years ago. I think start either close to the start of the pandemic, somewhere in there. Dude, that I I, I know you. I know you, I just shit on Tom Cruise because I really don't like Tom Cruise all that much. I do think he does his job extraordinarily well, but he's fucking kooky. And the one movie that I watched where I didn't feel it was Tom Clu- Tom Cruise playing Tom Cruise was The Last Samurai, and it's the only one I've ever seen him in where I could feel that way about him. Every other movie I've seen him in, I'm like, I'm just watching. It's like Ryan Reynolds now. When you watch a Ryan Reynolds movie, you, you're Rock, watching. Right? You're watching. Yeah. Or the right. You're watching them. You're not watching them act as anything. You're watching them. So yeah, yeah. Last Samurai, really, really good for that. Um, I'll I'll say this: when we were younger, The Matrix, bro, mm, we like, one, true. two, and three. Yep, three that's especially true. with that last fight scene in the rain. Papaya. We down. We definitely downloaded that and listened to the to the shit out of that song. Uh, so that's probably, um, that's probably, I think the, the two, anything from Hans Zimmer, I'm willing to listen to. Uh, and, and then, yeah, that as far as like TV shows, I don't know if I've ever, the only TV show that, and, and I don't even, I didn't download it cause it's just, I guess it's just so freely. Like when you watch the beginning of every TV show for it is Star Trek Voyager. The intro theme for Star Trek Voyager is one of my favorite ones from TV shows, but yeah, more of that stuff is in movies cause uh, until more recently, where TV shows, and I guess I'll put it in quotation marks, started to become mini fucking cinema experiences. Yes. Uh, the the soundtracks weren't like focal focal points; they were more like complementary yeah. pieces than uh, than than uh, supposed to stand out in any yeah, Tron, real way. Tron's a good one too. Yeah, it's really good. Yeah, Tron. I and I own that one as well, um, for sure. Uh, of all the Daft Punk, I think I own like three Daft Punk albums, and and the Tron one is. Uh, is uh, is one of those uh <laughs> jorbox says here comes that holiday weight what are you planning to do to avoid the pounds mr black well my stomach's a mess so i've actually i've actually dropped like you know five pounds over the last couple weeks i'm working out again too like trying to exercise like i'm not doing anything crazy but um i don't foresee me actually gaining weight this this winter you've got a built-in mechanism already yeah uh, my stomach you is out. like yeah my stomach is like nah bro you ain't you ain't getting crazy so yeah it is what it is i probably won't really put on much weight either and the reality about that is that just like last year um although i should like uh, so uh my cousin that moved out uh west with her husband uh, to settle out there um they're going to be here and my and and her brother uh is going to be is in the city and so uh all three of the kids in the family and their significant others are all going to be here for christmas eve for the first time in like fucking seven years or some shit and so um but before that because we weren't all together the christmas celebrations weren't quite as you know bombastic quite as like over the top you know everything you know, all all the stops pulled out and so uh there wasn't like quite as many sweets there wasn't quite as much like crazy amounts of food and stuff but this year at least for one or two days it might be different but outside of that i don't think it will be too much of a uh of a hurdle for me uh which is good because i've already i could i could stop putting on weight now would be good because it's gone to the wrong places i don't put on weight anywhere but my gut it doesn't go anywhere else on this body that's gonna stop the madness has got to stop 
Uh, I'm the same here. I'm trying to work out more again. I'm trying to like, I was on the treadmill for an hour yesterday, just trying to like burn any calories that I could fucking get out of my body. Yeah, that's right. And, yeah. and, uh, uh, two things I realized one after an hour, I think it was like 400 calories or whatever in that, in that hour. I was like, all right, that's not bad. But also like the next day I was like, wow, I'm now a cripple. So I need to maybe yeah. not go right for the hour, maybe do like a half hour. And then crawl towards that hour mark. Um, Xeon Slayer, bit of a double question if I may. Adam, what's your uh, what's the video you are most proud of on your channel? And Jeff, what voice actor gig are you most proud of uh, being, uh, being part of uh, yourself? Uh, I mean, I do like being the voice of Squad. You know, when you pick the Americans. <laughs> I so, had a feeling that was going to be, uh, you know, be the ones. You know, it's a video game, and it's like a big video game. Yeah, and so yeah. whenever I'm watching streamers play, I always hear my voice, and it's pretty cool. It paid like shit, but it was cool to be in the uh, game. The experience is cool. Yeah. Um, I don't know if I've got, like, one video where I'm, like, particularly fucking proud uh, of it you know for all the content creation that i've done there are very few things that i've done that were like <sighs> true passion projects that you would like dump so much time and energy into that you'd be like proud of it i always obviously take pride in any work that i do but there's not like one standout thing off the top of my head that i can think of um i'm really proud of all of my review content uh, and I continue to be proud of my review content, despite the, you know, the only handful of people that ever see the reviews these days. Um, because I do think I do a, a, a pretty, uh, a pretty great job of it, but there's not like a singular, uh, standout, uh, example that I can perhaps think of, but I'd say the body of work with, um, with my reviews, uh, in the last few years has, has been probably, uh, probably the best. Yeah, like the lowest energy one. <laughs> the basketball, the basketball, the the MJ versus LeBron video keeps getting views, and it's just funny. This is so many people will watch that shit. You could do nothing, and they'll show up to watch that <laughs> those videos. It's the secret reaction YouTube. That's it. That's what people want to see these days. Um, Proxy Robo, what's your most valuable real estate advice regarding purchasing your very first home? What's the number one? Say that one more time. What is your most valuable real estate advice regarding purchasing your first home? Your very, that's your, your top, your top tip. Or purchasing your first home? Yeah. I'd say don't, don't bat above your weight or don't, don't fight above your weight. A lot of people try to max everything out when they get into their first home. I think that of all the people that have been in my, in my life anyway, so this isn't my experience because I haven't bought my first home yet, but of everyone that I've known that have gotten in um, to that, and some of them are on their second home now, which is like the one that they're raising their family in, is that some people have rushed to try and get their forever home on the first, on like the first go. Uh, and then they, they become house poor where like their mortgage and their property tax and all the shit that comes with having this uh, house uh, outstrips their, um, their comfortable living budget to the point where they can't really do anything else is they're not going to go bankrupt, but they can't afford to do other shit. Uh, whereas the people that, that went for like a more of a starter home situation, 
stayed in it for, you know, three, four, five years, and then sold it on the other end, and then got into their forever home, are far less, you know, financially strapped or house poor because they didn't try to, like, jump the shark and get right into the house that they saw on Pinterest six months ago. Yeah. Um, well, I won't pick that just because Adam said it, which I think is very important. You know, have a budget um, and don't go too far past that if not at all. Um, you know, don't don't buy a house thinking it's going to be your forever home because nine times out of ten, it's not your forever home. Life happens. Um, I would say uh, if you can. Uh, for first-time home buyers, okay, so a few things. Number one, see what kind of uh, rebates and different things that you can get loan-wise, uh, depending on where you're from, as a first-time home buyer. Uh, a lot of people don't know that, like, if you have RSPs and stuff, like, you can actually take money out uh, interest-free with, like, no with no penalty and stuff, as long as you pay it back in X amount of years. So just make sure that you know, depending on where you're from, uh, what types of things that you can take advantage of. Um, shop around for mortgages. Remember, the bank is buying your business, essentially, right? They, the banks make their money from mortgages, right? The mortgage, the way mortgages work is like, it, it's an entire, it's a business in itself. There's a reason the why mortgage brokers are becoming more popular these days is because Correct. they do that shopping around. Correct. So make sure that you go to multiple banks, almost like an interview. And when they tell you, hey, you're approved for 2.8%, make sure that you go to at least three banks and see what the rates are and then negotiate if you can, right? So depending on how good your credit is, how how good your uh, uh, income uh, to debt ratio is, all those things will play into factor on what you're able to negotiate. Um, so I, I would do all of those things, make sure that, you know, the costs, the closing costs. Most people just look at, Hey, the house is $300,000. That's how much I pay, man. You got to pay lawyers. There's closing fees, usually, you know, deed transfer taxes, inspections. You gotta, you gotta know your deal. Always get an inspection. If you're a first time home buyer, always, always, always get an, an inspection. Um, and multiple, if you have a sewage, get it inspected. If you've, you know, get your house inspected, um, do all of the inspections that you can, but only do the big inspections first. Don't start off by testing the water first or testing the septic first or whatever. Do your house because if the house is bad, then you know, you can back out it, it, that way. You're not spending uh, hundreds of th- uh, hundreds or thousands of dollars on the other inspections if you know you're you're not going to buy the property, right? So it's just little things. Also, with your bank, they do charge you fees as well. Um, so a lot of the times when it comes to getting an appraisal done, the bank will send an appraisal for you. You can't, most times, you cannot pick your own appraisal. The bank will do it. Get them to pay for it. Okay, that's like 400 bucks. I have never paid for an appraisal on any of my properties since the first house I bought because I I was watching some content and they said ask. You don't get what you don't what you you know what you don't ask for. And listen, if they want your money, if they want your business over the next 30 years if you're American or 
you know, two, five years if you're Canadian, whatever your term is, they are going to bend over for you to a degree. So it, it, you know, they're going to pay, that'll save you 400 bucks, right? Just these little things uh, that a lot of people don't think about. Do all of those. If you can, if you can do all of those things, man, that'll save you a thousand, two thousand dollars even before you buy the house. Um, and then goes right into what Adam said. Uh, don't punch above your weight, right? A lot of people go, okay, what can I afford per month? Okay, I can afford a fifteen hundred dollar mortgage mortgage payment. But remember, guys, you're a homeowner now. You're not, you're 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 the landlord. You don't have one, which means when the roof goes. Your AC goes, your your dishwasher goes, your oven goes, your fridge leaks, you you know, your, your whatever, that's on you. So make sure that you don't get into a house where you're house poor and you have absolutely no reserves and no money. So if you could only afford $1,500 a month, you better bring that back down to $1,200 a month because over the course, it might not happen for a year, two years, three years, but I'm telling you, in five years, something's going to go. And if you're not doing your inspections properly, you could have problems day one. You get in your first winter and realize, oh my God, I had no idea that, you know, some snow buildup was going to take down part of my roof or it rained like a motherfucker and it didn't. That's why, dude, if you can, also another one, don't you guys get me going on real estate. If you can, when you're getting your inspections, try and plan for a rainy day. If you have the time, so when you put something under contract and you look at the weather report, try and lock in a day where it's piss pouring rain because you're going to find the leaks. You're going to find all that stuff. Uh, water is a nightmare. It's nightmare fuel when you own a house. It's the scariest fucking thing. Water ain't, listen, man, if you got issues with your house, that water's getting in. It don't give a fuck. And it's going to fuck your shit up. So, Plan to have your inspection. Yeah, it sucks for the inspector, but who gives a fuck? That's why you pay him or her. Piss poor and rain, go and get your inspection done, or the day after piss poor rain. Try and be so that you can see all that stuff. Do all that small shit, and don't punch above your weight. Do not get wrapped up into, we had we had a $300,000 budget, and next thing you know it, you know now we're spending three hundred eighty grand. Yeah, $80,000 might not look like a lot of money uh, over a 30-year fixed, mortgage but you're paying interest on that shit you know you it's it's more that money that grand you got really like 110 grand you know it's 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 expensive it's it's expensive man if if you buy if you buy a house on a 30 year fixed and you take 30 years to pay for it and your house was 200 grand you're paying like 500k for that house over 30 years interest is a son of a bitch yeah and it's and it's and it's uh it's it the monetization scale that they have it's not like your standard hey I got a I got a thousand dollars at three percent, so I owe X amount of dollars, a hundred thousand. I owe three thousand dollars in interest. That's not how it works, man. With mortgages, everything is front loaded. You're paying all the mortgage up, and then over your payments, you're you're you start putting more towards the principal. The banks ain't stupid, man. They know what the fuck they're doing. And lastly, because all the work, guys, happens before you buy the fucking house, dude. That's the the most important thing is is knowing what you're buying. And knowing what you're getting into. Most people are just like, especially first time. And we did this. Kale and I did this. We bought the first house we went into. The very first home we bought, it was the first showing we went into. We didn't go to multiple other houses. 
Now, it worked out for us because the market back then was a lot different than what it is now. But, man, do not do that today. I know that the market is super hot and you got to make decisions on the fly unless you absolutely know, without a doubt, you need to shop around. You need to see a few and compare. Because if you don't, you know, you could be getting fucked. And I'm and telling so, you right now. Sometimes you don't know what you really want until you've walked into a few houses. Your real estate agent, if you're a first-time home buyer, is likely not your friend. Okay? They're there to make money. The more you spend, the more commission they have. So unless you've got a close family member or friend or a really good reference from somebody that's been treated well, assume that your agent is working with their seller's agent and they are, they are working together to get you to spend as much money as humanly possible so that they can get a bigger check. So do your research. I know you asked for one big thing, but this, it, it's not just one thing, man. This is your biggest decision you're going to make in your life financially, uh, likely. Don't fuck it up or try, try to mitigate it. Good news is when you own real estate and you fuck it up, if you hold on to it long enough, you know, those mistakes will take care of themselves. But you got to make sure you can bankroll that. Do not fucking buy a goddamn house. If you started a side hustle and you're like, damn, I made an extra $2,000 a month for the last three months. Damn, I'm going to go out there and just buy a fucking house. Bruh, don't do that shit. Don't do that shit. Because you don't know where that money is. You make sure that you got a job, man. Because you think you, you might be able to afford it today, but what happens in two years, three years? What happens when interest rates go up? And by the way, they are going to go up. It's not going to happen this year. It's not going to happen next year, likely. All right? Uh, and if it does, it'll go up like very small percentage of a point. But I'm telling you, the, the interest rates are going to go up. We're at historic lows. National, so ban national banks are looking at this going... Yeah, the last thing you want to do inflation. is overbuy. Is over-fucking-buy like crazy. And then in four or five years, interest rates are up 2%. And, and all then, of a sudden, your mortgage is two to $300 more a month. And you're like, yeah. And you're like, fuck. <laughs> and the banks don't care. They're going to take a shit. Uh, Orion uh, says, this is more of a somber question. So I understand if you declined to field it live or recount your experience. Uh, recently, I had to take my wife to the emergency room. Sorry to hear that. Uh, the doctors discovered something we did not expect and had her medevaced to a hospital in a neighboring city. Must have been quite serious. Uh, we stayed there for nine days. She's doing much better now. Uh, but while I was there, I felt so helpless. as uh, It felt like uh, one thing after another kept happening, and there were a few times where uh, you know I was shaking and wondering if I was going to lose her. So my question is, how do you cope with stress and helplessness in a situation where a loved one is ill, injured, or worse? I haven't, uh, you, been, not I, haven't, I haven't been put in that situation, so I yeah. don't really have advice for it. I so don't. I don't have, like, in terms, uh, certainly not with a significant other, um, uh, the closest to this that I can, that I have been, is having been with... And watching my mother take care of my of her father, my grandfather, um, during his, uh, you know, heading out period, and now doing the same with her mother, who's my grandmother, who's upstairs with us right now, and uh, watching that process because and 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 this is the helplessness situation because both of them were terminal, uh, so you just don't know. You just don't have a clue. Uh, it could be tomorrow, could be today, could be a year from now. 
uh, you don't know. So that's always in the back of your mind. And, you know, she's taking care of them on, uh, taking care of, uh, or took care of him and, and is taking care of her on a, on a daily basis. Her whole life is, is basically just doing that. So watching that, um, and playing a small part, very small uh, role in that, um, you know, you do watch them deteriorate. And so there is a, uh, certainly a, uh, mortal edge to the whole thing. Um, honestly, I don't know if there is, uh, you know, other than talking about it with somebody, whether you need to have a, uh, you know, professional help, or if you've got other family or friends that you can talk out, you get get it out of, outside of your head because it's very easy to like doom spiral mentally when you're watching a loved one uh be in a situation like that um especially if things seem to be worsening etc it's so easy to doom spiral uh and it's so important to have somebody whether it's a close friend or a family member or a professional uh to be able to vocalize and get that out and process it because internalizing it is a fucking nightmare so that's about the only thing i can think of because honestly there are few things in the world that are worse to juggle mentally than watching a loved one, a very close loved one go through anything like that and to be there and have to, uh, you know, and have to witness it because you can't do anything. You're not a doctor. You're not a, a surgeon. You're not, you know, you, you can't stop a cancer. You can't, you like, you can't do anything. You just have, you're just there. Uh, and so, um, yeah, uh, getting, getting somebody to talk to is, is probably the only thing you've got. And then other than that, it's just keep your head on your shoulders as best you can. You gotta, everyone handles that differently. Uh, but glad to, glad to hear, at least it sounds like it, that things have turned a corner for the better, uh, for yep. you and your, and your wife, uh, and things are getting better. So that's, that seems to be uh, positive and glad to hear that that seems to be, uh, heading in the right direction. Uh, <laughs> if you were just Jorbach again, if you were Nicolas Cage's agent, what would you say to him about his career at this moment, Mr. Black? What is, what is your career assessment of one Mr. Nicolas Cage in 2021? You're lucky as fuck. Don't fuck this next movie up. <laughs> Does Nicolas Cage even have an agent at this point, or do you think people just call oh, him directly like Bill Murray? No, no, he definitely has an agent for sure. Somebody's, okay. somebody's making money. You know, because it's like Bill at one point just had a, a phone line that he just had set up. It was like the bat. It was like the the bat phone where you just called Bill Murray, uh, and he was the one that would pick up on the other end, and you had to pitch to Bill Murray directly. That's uh, just crazy enough that I could almost see Nick Cage doing that. But yeah, I mean, what do you say was career? Same thing. I mean, man, uh, it's 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 luck for uh, it's a definitely a lot of, a lot of luck. Uh, you know, you've been doing indies for ten years, bro. So make this one count. If you, if he cares, like I'd have to say to him, if you care about doing mainstream movies anymore, then you have to fucking like, this is a home run for you. You got to show up for this. You got to show up for this one. If, if, if if you really don't give a fuck and and you're just, then you're just doing movies for fun now, then I guess that's on you. But yeah. Uh, and then three from Mr. Miyagi that are the same. Fuck Jesus Christ. It's the Mary Fuck Kill has made a return, Mr. Black. Um, which I guess at this point doesn't some of these don't even make sense, but I'll ask it anyway. Uh Mary Fuck Kill. Home Alone, Elf, 
Jingle all the way. All right, I'm, I'm, Mar I'm marrying uh, home alone. I'm fucking jingle all the way, and I'm killing Elf. Yeah, I'm the same. I'm not even sure how you how you fucked that order up. Yeah, I'm the same. That. Come on, let's be real. And 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 let's also pretend like the latest Home Alone doesn't exist because holy shit, please I God didn't watch no. It. Yeah, and I'm not gonna stop. Uh, Merry fuck kill Christmas, Thanksgiving, Halloween. All right, I'm marrying Christmas. Yeah. Uh, I'm sexing uh, Thanksgiving, and I'm yeah, killing I'm, Halloween. Yeah, that's yeah, that's another easy one. Uh, and the last one, Merry fuck kill turkey dinner, ham dinner, or goose dinner. I've never had goose right, at a. I'm killing goose dinner. I'm killing. So I'll, uh, I'm okay. marrying turkey, and I'm and I'm fucking the ham. I think that's probably the same for me. I've yeah. never had goose. It's entirely possible because I'm not a big ham fan that I might be a merry turkey fuck a goose kill a ham. But turkey and, and goose would serve a very similar place on my plate. So if I'm choosing between the two, I'm just gonna go with the one that I know. And so yeah, that's a that's a that's a turkey ham and goose situation. Yep. So there you go. That's the show. You heard it here first. Jeff and I are, are marrying. The turkey and fucking the ham. Technical alpha. Ham fuckers. That's it for this week, ladies and gentlemen. We're heading out of here. You guys stay safe out there. Thank you so much for stopping by. Hit the like button if you haven't already on YouTube. Hit the dislike button. Uh, wait, you can't. Uh, and because uh, it doesn't exist anymore. Uh, give us a rating on any other platforms that you can if you have the opportunity. And head on over to patreon.com slash lagtv if you want to financially support this. And keep the pig fuckers going. Until next week, guys, once again, thank you so much. <laughs> Stay safe. Have a good one. Peace. Peace.